0: Hello there, welcome to another episode of I was going to say me one versus me two snooker. That would shit you up. Uh, no, it's Happy Now. Uh, this is just me taking you through what life on the road has been like. Um, with my new show Happy Now, you go to richtaring.com slash happy underscore now tour. You can see all the dates that are coming up. I'll tell you straight away that uh, on uh, Thursday the 10th of March I'm in Croydon and if you know anyone in Croydon or live in Croydon please come and see me because that's one of the ones that hardly anyone is coming to then the 11th uh, I'm in Exeter which always does well I think some tickets left Uh, 12th in Colchester which is very nearly sold out if it's not sold out 15th of March in the Birmingham Glee which always does well 16th of March in Edinburgh Stand which is sold out 17th in Glasgow Citizens Theatre I think which is also close to selling out. 18th at York, Barbican, massive venue. Loads of tickets left. And 19th in Norwich, which is sold out. Um, And if you want to see where I'm coming in the rest of March and April, and mainly May, then go to my website. Uh, There's also been an extra London date added on the 12th of June at the Leicester Square Theatre. So if you missed it in London, that's one more chance to kind of catch that. And do remember, I'm doing my DVD in Cardiff at St David's Hall uh, on something like the twelfth of April, and again moving into the massive venue for that. So if you live in Cardiff or no one who lives in Cardiff, um, come and help us celebrate the success of Go Faster Stripe, your local independent DVD producing chain, and come and see my show. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to take you through a few things that happened on the for the show uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, one of the big changes, of course, is the stuff that gets dropped. The show is surprisingly long. I thought it was going to be a struggle to get up to 90 minutes, but actually the first half is pushing an hour. Uh, the second half, 45 minutes, I think. So I've had to drop little bits and pieces as we go. Uh, one of the first things I dropped was something that I was toying with, but I don't think we're ever quite going to fit into this show, um, was uh, a thing I like, uh, but I never actually learnt and read it out in a couple of gigs about uh, the Nespresso advert so I'm going to see if I can find a decent-ish version of that for you from one of the early shows and I'll put it in here because I don't think this will ever appear anywhere else again you'll see I think you'll see why it's not in but there's some quite funny stuff in there so that's annoying uh, but um, I'm going to give this a go I don't know this bit but uh, you're a nice audience and I, I think I can um, take the piss out of you Uh <laughs> by trying out something that isn't ready. And let's see this as kind of X-Factor. That's quite a new thing, the thing about the monkeys. It's obviously the better one, but let's do an X-Factor and then there's this one as well. And then you can decide which one makes it through to me performing in Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> God, on, on Wednesday. So, uh <laughs> A lot of people feel happiness comes through material things and I suppose advertisers are really trying to make us believe that every little thing will make us happy and, that, and adverts are thus quite stupid and the advert I'm quite obsessed with at the moment uh, is the one for Nespresso. I don't know if you've seen Nespresso. I don't know if you know what Nespresso is. It's like a coffee delivery system for lazy idiots. Uh, so it's... And in this advert it's got Jack Black and uh, George Clooney and uh, bumbling, sexually repugnant Jack Black is unable to say the two-word Nespresso slogan correctly and is thus a failure with women because... Women don't like men who can't say two words in the right order. That is what But with the help of sexy tortoise mouth George Clooney, um, <laughs> he's got a mouth like a tortoise. Suddenly, have you seen it? You, if, you, if you look again, if you look next time it's, it's a very tortoise-like mouth. I don't know why he's so sexually attractive to women. Jack, he drinks a bit of his nespresso and says the two words correctly, and a woman young enough to be his daughter, if only he'd managed to have sex before Nespresso was invented. <laughs> wants to have sex with him uh, because women can't resist men who drink tiny cups of coffee that's been pre-packaged in pods which can only be made with compatible machines. That, that's, what, that's the secret. <laughs> that's what women want. Uh, George, having passed on the secret of his success with women to the two symmetrically faced funny men, it's got a very symmetrical face, George. Jack Black, it's, got, it's a very, if you look at it, it's too symmetrical. Symmetrical faces are meant to be attractive, but when Jack Black is actually hideously ugly, it's too <laughs> symmetrical. And Dan Hathaway, I think, as well, too symmetrical. Comes the most ugly thing in the world. You need a little, mainly symmetrical, and then it's a little... <laughs> anyway, Jack Black glances over. Uh, so George Clooney glances over at Jack Black, his testudine lips, means tortoise-like, crinkle lasciviously and we are all sick in our mouths and are forced to buy some nespresso to take away the taste of the mouth sick. That is... I'm guessing the next advert shows Clooney and Black uh, double-teaming some bamboozled young actress who's been bedazzled by the smell of once fresh coffee and... uh, and by two men, old men, who are able to put two words in the correct order. They're using her back as a kind of coffee table, uh, <laughs> sipping espresso, high-fiving, their, uh, as their old man balls drag on the ground. <laughs> and they attempt and fail to achieve a satisfying orgasm. It's, um, it's not quite as sophisticated as the original advert, but... Uh, I think they expect to sell a lot of espresso machines to middle-aged men who think that they might be in a chance of having sex to uh, beautiful with beautiful idiots. Uh, but uh, so I'm delighted there's an espresso shop that's opened in the Westfield in Shepherd's Bush near where I live, and it's within hobbling distance. So I, I've kind of been there. The good, the good thing about an espresso shop, this is if you don't um, want to buy an espresso machine anyway, if you go in there and pretend that you're the kind of person who drinks nespresso, espresso, maybe by um, you know, I don't know, maybe eyeing up someone who's much too young for you and then making a face like a turtle. Uh, they, uh, if you, but you can't decide which of the types of Nespresso coffee you want to buy. They'll, let, they'll take you to a little Bristol bar and they'll make you some coffee for free. So don't be a chump and go to Costa and Starbucks and spend a three quid. Free Nespresso you can get there, as much as you do. If, you know, once, if they're young and attractive, once you've drunk one, they'll do anything you say because the, the magic power... Uh, we'll overcome them. Uh, so, uh, it's, and you get a free drink that tastes slightly better than regurgitated vomit. Um, but uh, if you get hungry, that's, they don't have food there. That's the problem. So, but I've, there's hotel chocolate, which is not—it's quite near. It's a bit of a walk. They sometimes have a tray of free hotel chocolate. You can just take them for free. They're just samples. I don't know if the Nespresso shop will let you take a cup of Nespresso out of the Nespresso shop. So you can go and. So what I suggest is you drink the Nespresso, then store it in your cheeks, like. A, <laughs> Like a hamster would, a hamster that likes drinking espresso coffee, but not fresh coffee, the espresso coffee. Uh, and then when you get to Hotel Chocolat, if you spit that in the face of the attractive young woman, who she'll know you drink espresso and want to have sex with and let you have as many chocolates as you want. That is uh, that is my key. Uh, so I think we can all agree that the first routine is better of the two. But uh, it's still good. It was still good. And you know, if I wasn't reading, I think you'd have been more impressed. That is the that's the problem. But Rich, if the stuff that you're cutting out is that funny, how good is the stuff in the show? It's really good. Look, shut up. I'm trying to do you over there. I'm trying to do a, a podcast. I'm glad you enjoyed that Nespresso routine. But, you know, I don't think it quite fit into the theme of the show. Uh, I like it, though. I like all the stuff about the tortoise lips, which is true. Um, so anyway, that was from the last uh, London uh, show. And I think I probably dropped that routine. From Sheffield. I might have just done it in Sheffield. Um, and I think we got up to the end of Sheffield last time we we did one of these, didn't we? Yes, that's right. I just checked. And um, so the day after that, we headed to Leeds, the City Varieties, which is really one of my favourite venues to perform in, in the country. It's a lovely f- like 450, 500-seat theatre. And um, And it's just perfectly proportioned. It used to be a musical and uh, was used in the good old days, if you're old enough to remember that. Uh, But it was functioning long before that as well. Um, It's just beautifully set out. And I always do well in Leeds. uh, And it's kind of... This was another sellout show, so that was lovely. Um, you know, about one in two, one in three of the shows are selling out. I think as the tour goes on, there's a few that have sold out already. Um, so that's very gratifying. I'm trying to work out why that is. The poster's quite good. I didn't do Edinburgh, so maybe people are coming to see me on, on the road rather than because I wasn't at the Fringe. And I think possibly the podcasts, uh, not so much this one, but uh, the Less Square Theatre podcast being on every week has probably helped raise my profile. Uh, what was interesting about... The Leeds gig that had some people that I knew in my friend Matt Matthew from who I haven't seen for thirty years. Who I was at Camp America with, had uh, turned up, so uh, I went out for some food with him beforehand and uh, had a drink. So I'd had one beer. And then made some uncharacteristic errors in the first half, just little things that nobody would have noticed in watching the show unless they knew the show very well. But I missed out a couple of feed bits that I had to go back and pick up. and was just a little bit stumbly in the first half. I think, well, the second half, I was a lot happier with the with my actual performance, but it did, it all went very well and nicely, and I enjoyed it, uh, but more importantly, my niece uh, was also in, <laughs> in the audience, uh, she's like 24 years old now, all of my nephews and nieces are growing up, so it was suitable for her to come there, in a lot of ways, but then obviously, in a lot of ways it wasn't, so in the second half um that did come up, I'll play you a little bit of that. It's got loads, I did a big internet survey, there's lots of stuff from that that's unbelievable. Uh, There's also stuff from my life. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I used to have baths with my dad. Um, I used to love having baths with him, which is weird, because I'd just find it embarrassing if we were to do it now. But uh, (laughs) I remember I couldn't get over how big he was comparatively. He was like a sea serpent, bobbing in the waves, like a a cock nest monster. (laughs) I remember saying to him, why are you so big and I'm so small? He said, because I am better than you. (laughs) I said, but will I be as big as that one day? He said, no. (laughs) You'll always be tiny. He was right. Uh, My niece just went on Facebook saying it. it, Her friends are asking, is it weird your uncle talking about his sex life? How weird is it me talking about your granddad's massive cock? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah. So it was lovely to play Leeds, and I suppose it's gratifying. A few, a few years I've been playing the City Varieties, and it always sells well. But seven or eight years ago, I would play the library bar uh, above the pub in Leeds, and I'd often do it two or three nights. But uh, it's nice to know that things are progressing and that. Uh, there are certain cities where I do well in which uh, this little run was probably all <laughs> pretty stupidly put together uh, some of the better gigs I do. So it gives me a false sense that the rest of the tour is going to be great. Um, and less Square Theatre, than Sheffield, um, Leeds City Varieties, the Lowry and then the Epstein in Liverpool, which um, three of those four sold out and uh, Sheffield sold better than usual. So um, that's all very encouraging, but maybe a false positive. Um, the Lowry Theatre uh, in Salford. I was playing the medium-sized room, about 500 seats again. And um, I used to play the studio, but moved up, which again is a is a nice thing. Uh, I'm not playing the massive room, and weirdly, in the massive room, uh, the Lowry, as I was playing, was Shrek the Musical. It was almost like it been booked especially for me. They would put a Shrek in the complex, but not in my actual show. So obviously that gave me a little bit of something to talk about at the start of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring! <laughs> Thank you very much! Hello, Salford! How are you doing? Oh, it's lovely to be back. Thank you very much for having me. I can't believe... you know what I can't believe... <laughs> they would put a Shrek in, in the next, in the next. I mean, I'm hoping they've got a surprise for me and Shrek, a Shrek will come, not the Shrek, a Shrek will just come on at some point point, say hello. It'd be good to cross-programming advertising if they did that, wouldn't they? If they have any sense, they'll do that, but they won't have thought of that, they're idiots. So- now, very annoyingly, I do record all of these shows, and part of the idea is for me to listen back to them and learn from my mistakes And um, when I do something good, because a lot of this show I'm ad-libbing still as we go. I'm playing around with a lot of the routines. The first half's fairly solid now, I think, but I still am coming up with new stuff. The second half I'm being quite playful with. Um, I do a, a routine about five little monkeys jumping on a bed. It's different every day, because I haven't written it, and, um, and I'm... And I'm recording them so I can listen back and see what I did and if, if it went well. But on the Salford one, for some reason, none of the second half worked. But it doesn't. I've never listened back to anything. I do a bit to do this, uh, and uh, but even then, I just kind of leap to the bits where I think I know there's something interesting happened. So I would love to become like one of these good new professional, rigorous comedians who make notes about every single gig and work out what they did that was good, but. I mean, I could do it easily, but for some reason the idea of having to listen back to a whole set fills me with dread. Um, but yeah, that's you hope your memory will stay good enough that the, the good bits will stick the next day, but sometimes they don't. So sometimes you just get a complete one-off performance, that's all I can say. And then it was on to Liverpool, um, the Epstein Epstein theatre um where Gaza was going to be the next act on after me that's interesting he was doing a one-man show I don't know if he made it along I hope he did um, <laughs> it was a few days later um and again I think I played this theatre last year of the year before and it certainly wasn't full the uh, stalls was what, there was no one sitting on the balcony but today it had sold out which was lovely and I've, I've always enjoyed playing at Liverpool even though I've had a slight um Uh, I suppose it's always been a little bit fruity What's been going on there In terms of, is fruity the right word for being in fights? I've been in fights, I've been, the police have been called to gigs And all the kind of things you'd expect in Liverpool But I did open the show by making an allusion to that Hello Liverpool! Oh, look at that, unbelievable Uh, So, um, where did you all come from? Uh, So, uh, it's great to be back I wonder what adventures I will have in Liverpool today (laughs) <laughs> it had like quite a good. I, I was in a fight a few years ago. It was quite a while ago, about eight years ago, after one of my gigs. Uh, and this year, uh, Bill Bailey's had his tour van stolen here, <laughs> and Alan Carr's manager's been beaten up in a chip shop. <laughs> I, don't, I like to think that you're having to go at comedians for using stereotypes rather than conforming to stereotypes. That's what I'm. Now, my main memory of the Liverpool gig is just walking around beforehand, putting out the programmes, and my wife FaceTimed me and I got to talk to my daughter who I was missing a lot at this stage Um, obviously was going to, back to see her, We would. I wasn't driving home after the gig um, I went back to Salford and stayed at the same hotel two nights running which is always good uh, and then got back on the Sunday to see my family but uh, that's a lovely development to be able to uh, see my daughter and have a chat with her even though she can't really talk but she blew me some kisses which um, was rather sweet of her I'm a nice guy, you know. Don't worry. But the the character I play on stage is very different than me in real life, which I say in in lieu of the what's the <laughs> as I did a sort of ad lib, just out of nowhere, really, because um, it was topical at the time. And um, I was, there's a thing I do about a doormat, then that has some mistakes on it that my in-laws have that you may have seen on my blog, um, and. Uh, at the end, I comment on the format that it's in, which led me to have an unconnected thought based on something that I'd seen on Twitter that day. And, you know, it's quite hard to shock a Liverpool audience, but this is slightly shocking. And I, I, if you are easily offended, don't, don't listen to this. But also, it's not really about the, the tragic story. It's about the way the tragic story was announced, as you'll see. I think it's uh, just about justified, but it's not something that I will be doing again, as it was just very much this one-off topical, unpleasant reference, which I apologise for now unreservedly. Uh, it's a very worrying development. Always read your doormats carefully, make sure they say what they say. And uh, the worst thing about it, though, is it's in Comic Sans, and that is... That is... As was, interestingly, uh, Paul Daniels' announcement that he's got a brain tumour. It was, it was in Comic Sans on this. <laughs> I mean, if I was going to announce that, I don't think I would use Comic Sans. Well, you know, it's nice. just gives a little... Uh... Little lift. Go to his website, check it out. I'm not lying. I'm not, I'm not lying. It's a tar- I'm very upset about the story. Just, that's an interesting choice. I mean, it could... I mean, wingdings would be worse. I've got a brain tumour. What's he saying? I don't know. OK, so... And like I say, I'm genuinely upset about that new story and uh, wish Paul his family the best if they're listening to this podcast, which I hope they're not. Um... But that's just the sort of thing that can creep out of of nowhere on on a gig sometimes. Okay. Well, um, that uh, takes us to the end of that little run of gigs. And um, although we're still a little bit behind, uh, I will leave it there for the minute. I'm not sure lots of interesting stuff happened at the other ones. I don't want to take too much uh, out of the show and put on here that will spoil the show for you. So um, I'm trying to limit... uh, Showing you the very subtle changes that may have happened in routines that will um, affect your viewing pleasure. So, you can pretty much come to the show and listen to these without worrying about it. Uh, spoiling the shows, so they obviously will get a little bit of uh, news about what some of the content is. Uh, so, I think I'm going to that, you know, we're nearly at 20 minutes. I think I'll leave that there for the moment. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who's come to the tour so far. That month of February, those gigs in February were, I think, about the happiest I've ever been um, touring. And uh, I think, you know, the show's really good. I'm really pleased with it. It's developing all the time and getting better and worse in some ways, you know, because you're messing around with it. But, um, uh, <coughs> yeah, it's very gratifying to, to play to all those people in February in, in London and to Sheffield, Leeds, Salford and Liverpool. And also, of course, Leicester and uh, somewhere else. Oh, yes, Sutton Coalfield, which also were little gigs, but sold out. So it was a very uh, satisfying run of gigs. But there are loads more to come. <coughs> Excuse me. Go to RichardToney.com slash gigs or com slash happy underscore now slash tour, and you can see all about them. Also, if you would like to help us make more, as it occurs to me, there is um, a Kickstarter campaign. If you go to www.gofasterstripe.com slash kickstarter you can see all the various rewards we have there and we're trying to raise a hundred thousand pounds so you know it's, that's a long way to go uh, but it's going all right we're up to about fourteen thousand as i speak with only a day and a bit gone so that is very good news but we if, if you enjoyed that show would like to see us do more um we're going to do it on video this time as well as an audio version as well i think um Then go and chuck us a couple of quid if you can afford more. There's lots of nice rewards you can get uh, for doing those. Any road, that is it for the moment. Thank you for listening to this podcast if you are listening to it. And if you're not listening to it, then it doesn't matter that you're not listening to it. You can't hear me. So if you are listening, thank you. If you're not listening, I'm not talking to you, so you won't hear any of this anyway. Uh, Tell your friends about the tour and tell your friends about everything else. Tell your friends that I'm rubbish at comedy so they don't come and see me. You know the score. That's how it goes. Thank you. See you next time on Richard Herring's Happy Now? Question mark?